No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mendel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all of those joining us live, wherever you're joining us live on the interweb, good evening and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. I am your host, Dave Manouk. He's my main man and number one analyst here on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show and the Illegal Curve Post Game Show and sometimes the special edition show, Ezra Ginsberg. It's the No Mendel Show. That's what it is tonight, Dave. That's right. There's lots of mic time. We will not have to worry. We will not have to throw elbows for mic time because there's no coincidence that the Jets won and Mendel's taking the night off. I don't think that should be lost on anyone. I didn't want to say anything. My dad already sent me, I told you so. Uh, text as you weren't there in the last post game show my dad predicted the jets would lose five in a row before defeating the pittsburgh penguins so gary am with the uh, prognostication so he he gets his kudos and the jets pick up an important 2-1 victory over the pittsburgh penguins and uh couldn't have come at a better time had a first period to remember a, a first period that was probably a little defensively loose Probably a little more than uh, Rick Bonus would have liked to have seen, but both teams had lots of chances. It was a fun atmosphere. I don't know if there's that many Jansen Harkin fans in Winnipeg, but there were a lot of Penguins jerseys. And, you know, I mean, obviously Sidney Crosby being, being the best hockey player on the planet for the majority of his career, uh, you know, created a lot of fans. But it's uh, surprising, actually, I would have to say, to see that many Pittsburgh jerseys in the crowd Another sold out second straight sellout for the Jets. I think the fourth of the year they were saying uh, up in the press box. So uh, the joy is back in Joyland, Ezzy, and the Jets pick themselves up a big, important two points and a 2 1 win. Yeah, and we've got the comment up there from Stacy. Stacy, of course, I'm not sure if she's in Erie or yeah, near Erie. Erie, but I believe Stacy's in Erie. So she would know uh, about how Penn's, tra- uh, uh, Penn's fans travel. I'm mm-hmm. not sure, Dave, like, would we say that there's more Penn's fans? at a Jets game versus obviously when the team is playing the, the pens versus when the Jets are playing the Flyers. I think it might be pretty equal. I think mm-hmm. we've gone, you know, back and forth over the years, you know, who has more F- Jets fans, pardon me, who has more fans in the city, uh, Leafs fans or, or Habs fans. I would actually, you know, put the Bruins pretty close up there with Leafs fans and Habs fans. But there's no doubt when you're talking about the post-expansion era, right? 1967. I believe yep. that's when the Pens and the Flyers came in, or at the very least, that's when the Flyers came in, right? So, yeah, I mean, look, it's always good when there's a sellout. I mean, it, it was not fun early in the season when we were talking about those crowds of, you know, 11,000 and, and 12,000. But you're absolutely right, Dave. Like, we're going to break down the goals in the Betway game recap. But, you know, the Jets got the start that they wanted, right? And, you know, they followed that up with another goal, and they had the two-goal lead after one. And certainly, I thought they were going to build on that. And, you know, they did get chances. I mean, you know, late in the third period there, Alex Iafalo, I mean, you know, for a guy that, you know, hasn't scored in a long time, I mean, obviously, you know, you were hoping that he was going to bury that. But, you know, luckily, Nino Niederreiter, he got the proverbial monkey off his back, right? Yeah. He scored the goal in the first period. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think, you know, would you have liked to have a little bit more of a cushion? Sure. You, you would have liked to have, you know, three or four goals, but at the end of the day, you stopped the bleeding. Um, you know, unfortunately you only got the one power play and you didn't score a goal, but 
I mean, who cares at this point? The Jets get the win. You know, we talked about it on this morning show. You know, they've got three days between uh, the next game, Wednesday on Valentine's against San Jose. Uh, so, I mean, you're feeling good now. That's what we wanted. We wanted the joy back in Joyland, and and that's what we got here. So I think even though this wasn't the prettiest win, and I think you left some, you know, grade-A scoring chances on the, on the table that you'd like to bury in the back of the net, again, yeah. you got the W, um, and you gained some points on the Colorado Avalanche. Well, according to Underage Fool, undefeated when I attend my portion of season tickets. So Underage Fool, you need to start seeing more games, apparently, because it's your good fortune that helped the jets in that situation. And, and look, it was, it was a fun atmosphere. And, and whenever you get a number of fans and Sidney Crosby in the building always makes things uh, more enjoyable, right? As he always like to see 87, he's a special player. Um, and so whenever we get those opportunities of Genny Malkin, not so much, he wasn't quite noticeable for the same reasons as number 87 was, but you just can't, uh, you can't minimize what Sidney Crosby has meant to this game. And I'm not going to, I don't want Spencey to accuse me of calling this penguins lunch or penguins, I guess, dinner at this point as, but uh, Sidney Crosby is a special player. So to see him, anytime you get a chance to see him live and in person, it's, it's a, it's a special event. A few years ago, I said, by the time his career was over, Sidney Crosby will go down as the second best forward of all time. Because I think we both agree, Dave, Wayne Gretzky's untouchable. He's the best. Yeah. He's the greatest of all time. Yeah. And I, I and I took some flack for that. People said, what are you talking about? I mean, some people even said, you know, no, Connor McDavid's going to be the second of all time. You look at the NHL all time points leaders. Yeah. I think Sidney Crosby is going to come very close. By the time his career is over, he's going to come very close to Yarmer Yager, who, of course, is second to Gretzky. Right. Right. And then you've got Mess, who's who's third. Right. Um, I mean, just look at he's over a point a game this season. He's 36 years old. Years old. You look at Alex Ovechkin and how he's fallen off at 38 years old, right? Yeah. I'm just saying, I think by the time his career is over, I, I think at the very least, Dave, he's going to be top five all-time in points. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's going to challenge Gretzky. Uh, pardon me, not Gretzky. He's going to challenge <laughs> Yager and Messier for second and third overall. That's all I'm saying. I mean, that's – Crosby, it, he's in that conversation with the greatest of all time. So Gretzky, Yager, yeah. Messier, Iserman, Sackick. I mean, he's absolutely up there, and you're absolutely right. I mean, there were hundreds, if not thousands, of, of Pens fans. You would know more than I would, Dave. I think it was more so thousands of Penguins fans in attendance tonight. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, look at, I mean, you know, we were talking about it watching the game here in the third period. If you take Crosby and Eric Carlson off this team, mm -hmm. they're nowhere near a playoff spot. I mean, it's those two players specifically. I mean, yes, Jake Gensel's having a good year. Um, you know, Brian Rust is having a good year, but yep. I mean, it's, it's really, you know, Crosby and Carlson that are leading this team, uh, Malkin to a lesser degree. Um, and for the most part, you know, they kept those guys off the scoreboard, right? Like Russ scored the, the goal on the deflection from the Carlson shot. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, you know, the Jets, I thought did a, a pretty good job. I think the shots are a little bit misleading in this game, Dave. I think the Pens ended up with 36 or 37 shots, um, but on their three power play opportunities, I mean, they they didn't do much. So the Jets' penalty kill came through big tonight. And, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't uh, Picasso, as Claude Noel used to say, but you got the 2-1 yeah. victory, and that's all that matters. Uh, you're absolutely right. And so, I, I, again, it's funny, Ezzy. It's one of those situations where you're watching this team and you're thinking, are the, is the message through? You know, they got the benefit. The coach gave them a day off yesterday. So you're thinking, okay, well, that's a good sign. They were able to, uh, you know, get that rest. 
They had the skate this morning, but you knew that you're thinking, okay, well, let's see if they're going, how they're going to respond. Are they going to be able to start the game on time, which is exactly what we talked about this morning. And that to me was so key in this, in this game was again, you wanted to see that the jets were going to win the game, obviously, because you needed to that them to get away from, you know, the, um, the stink of this losing streak, but more importantly was to see how they were going to play. And Connor Hellebuck, he had to be sharp right from the outset because uh, Logan Stanley gave a little bit of a free pizza to start the game relatively early in the game. And that didn't help things, of course. And then uh, they end up getting he, So he looked good right from the outset. I mean, he was yeah, always Paul and white. I made a note of it here because I was I was trying to get my kids to go to bed while I was watching that first period. Maybe <laughs> yeah. not go to bed, but at least, you know, get in the bathtub and start getting yeah. ready for bed. Yeah, it was yeah Colin yeah. White. I made a note and uh, Hellbuck made a good glove save. That was, I think, the first three or four minutes of the game, Dave. Yeah, so you're right. I mean, saves like that, though. I mean, they set the tone for the game, right? I also made a note. Mason Appleton had a big hit uh, in the first few minutes of the game. Adam Lowry also took a hit. Um, I forget the name of the defenseman, number seven. Uh, a guy that I don't know really well on the panel. Yeah, he hit him. You're right. Yeah, who is it? Hold on. It's uh, Ludwig, John Ludwig. Yes. Uh, von Beethoven, right? Uh, <laughs> According to our friend Seth Rohrbaugh, who was on with us earlier this morning, he's ju- he just came off IR. So uh, yeah, he he, he, I don't think it. he has a lot of NHL games experience, but no. Yeah. So, I mean, I liked, you know, the Lowry Appleton Niederreiter line, not just the fact that Niederreiter got the goal in the first period, but I liked how Appleton was throwing his weight around. And, yeah. you know, look, you're right, Dave, especially, you know, when you're not playing that well, you're not scoring a lot of goals, you have to score an early goal. And that's what the Jets did. And again, we'll break it down once we officially get into the Betway game recap. But I mean, Nikolai Ehlers has his head up the whole time. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it. Who were the players that needed to step up? Shifley, Ehlers, and Connor. And that was the Jets' best line tonight. Well, and it's funny, right? Because, you know, you see Ehlers reunited with Shifley and they score that goal. I just lost Ezzy. I, 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 I think he inadvertently hit, uh, wanted to mute himself, and somehow he he ended up taking his camera off. As never remove your face. The people want to see you. But look, I mean, those we needed to see something from those guys, and those were the guys who were going to get this team going. And like I said, and we'll hear from Rick Bonus. We're hoping to go to his media availability, which should get started in a few minutes. We're going to try something a little new here, folks. We're going to head it to the Mad Frost Media Center as soon as Rick Bonus steps up to the podium. Hopefully. Colby Spence has been working overtime to make this happen. So we'll see if we can hear from the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets uh, while he's up at the podium. Uh, still waiting. The media are filing in. Saw Weber just a few moments ago. So he should be here soon enough. We'll hear from his comments. Uh, we'll hear his comments on the game. And then, of course, we'll we'll maybe give a reaction and then get into the Betway game recap. As, But those were the drivers. Those were the guys who you absolutely needed to see like we said, we needed to see complimentary scoring. You need, look, you don't need a rider. We'll get into it. But like when you could see from his reaction, how much, and I, and Colby, speaking of Colby, captured it so perfectly because he happened to be down by the glass in that end in the first period. And you could see the relief after not scoring for 16 games on Nito Niederreiter's face, getting that goal. And it's exactly what he needed to do, right? In front of the net, causing havoc. And he gets the goal. So, I mean, that's that's what you needed to see. But I think the the fact that this game started because Ehlers and Shifley got it going and on, on a great play by Nikolai Ehlers, that's really what kind of got everything started and got everything rolling. So uh, it's been a good night and just, you know, a little breaking news, not really breaking, but news for the folks who are in the chat. This, is, of course, is the Leo Kerr postgame show where we usually talk about Jets, but the Moose also winners tonight. So the Jets won, the Moose won, the Moose won in a second straight shootout 
against the Grand Rapids Gri- Griffins. Billy Hainola scored to make it a two-all game. Then Brad Lambert tied the game, and uh, it was a three-all game, went to overtime, nothing solved, and went to a shootout. And then finally, it was one. I think Christian Reich. Okay, here's Rick Bonus. We're going to send it to him, and then we'll hear the comments from the Winnipeg Jets head coach. He hasn't liked it starts in recent games. Uh, obviously, the importance, and I'm sure you stressed, of coming out. Did you feel like they responded today? Uh, yes. Sure looked like they, they had yeah, a lot more jump. that was a really good first period. I mean, it was, we could have had a few more goals, too. We didn't give up much, so that's one of the better first periods we've had in a while. You took an interesting approach yesterday where you canceled practice, and, you know, the old school approach might say teams had a rough skate. You skate them hard. What was kind of your mindset of giving them a, a day off? And is, is the hope that they'd have that extra energy and they would respond in kind? Yeah, that. And again, I, I know we had lost five in a row, but it's not like we were playing terrible because we weren't. We weren't scoring goals. We, it, it's simple as that. And um, so, yeah, there's games here. There's rough patches through it that's going to happen but we weren't playing nearly as bad as what the record was telling us uh, we weren't giving up much we just weren't scoring goals we weren't creating enough we get in it uh, and we had skated sunday monday practice play tuesday practice wednesday practice thursday or play thursday we put them on the ice yesterday we're going in tonight that's seven straight days on the ice and i just wanted to make sure you know they were playing in minnesota last night we just wanted to make sure we had good legs tonight I guess then, in, from your perspective, did you feel like you maybe got away from that then in the second, or was that more about maybe Pittsburgh kind of no, starting to No, that was back? us. No. The only thing I'll tell you about the second period that it was very frustrating, and we'll leave it at that. Without leading you too far down the road, did you feel like maybe the penalties also killed some of the momentum no. there? <laughs> no. No. I think there was a lot of, no, we were a little self-inflicted out there, but no. I really got to follow that up. I mean, it, I guess would it be a matter of making too many hope plays or too many just, hey, I think I can get away with this sort of plays? And just frustrating period. <laughs> but give the players full credit. They rebounded in the third period. Played. We, we played really well in the first. We played really well in the third. We played well enough to win that game. And that's all that matters. Did we get away from our game in the second period? Obviously, we did so. Um, I want to ask you about a couple of guys who just played recently for the first time. I mean, Sean Monaghan seems like every forecheck he's knocking a puck down. What have you seen from him? How's he fitting? Where's he at? Like he's he's exactly what we had hoped for. He's he's delivering the goods. I mean, he's 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 very reliable. He's very smart. He's got a good. He knows how to manage the game on the ice. Um, good hockey IQ. Like he's he's been excellent for us. He really has. When you say he knows how to manage the game, is that why he kind of became, I think he was between Mesnikov and Ayafalo there? For At the, the end there, we're, yeah, yeah. He's a smart player, and he's very reliable defensively, so he's going to be yeah, going to use them. You get a 2-1 lead, and they're coming, and just, um, yeah, that's, you get all the, they're all reliable players, right? So that was a good line for us. Um, and then... Uh, Logan Stanley, his second game back after a long break. Uh, how is he at in terms of? He's your... been listen. Logan's been good, considering what we've done to him and only playing him as the the number of games we've played. Uh, Logan has done very well. We're very happy with what he's he's done. What do you think of the way your team defended in front of the blue paint today, Rick? For, uh, the first and third, pretty good. Third and the second, not so good. 
And when they're getting wax at it, you know that that's not that's not our team. That's not how we play. What did it mean for Nino to to be rewarded and also kind of to go to his office and get to the yeah? Blue listen, they, if you look at the game in Philly, that that line had four or five great chances to score. It just wasn't going in. We we met with them this morning and just keep doing what you're doing. You're going to get some breaks. It's going to go in. Oh, okay. Everything all right at home? Everything good? <laughs> Do you need to answer that? <laughs> oh, you're good. Okay. Uh, that line was. They've been very good. And you saw them tonight. They were very. We needed to get that third period off on the right foot, and they did it. They got out. They got the puck deep, and they got the forecheck going. So, they did their job, and it's nice to see them finally get rewarded for a goal. And what stood out about the Shifley line tonight? Oh, they were flying. Look, again, look at the chance. We were walking in all alone. Breakaways, two on ones right off the bat. Um, so the winds got to help us, and eventually those pucks, they're, they're, those pucks will start going in for us. Um, just one on Rasmus Kapari. He took the warm up. Was there a question mark about a forward, or was that just for an extra? No, that was a question mark on a forward. Don't ask. <laughs> there he goes, head coach. Hey, it worked. It worked. It took us to game 50 of the NA, the Jets regular season, but it worked. We got coach live. Thanks to Coach Colby. No, Colby, that's a huge uh, thing by Colby. We appreciate that. Folks don't have to go anywhere else now. The one-stop shop is a Leal Curve post-game show where you can watch Coach Rick Bonus live and then listen to us give our thoughts. So thank you, Colby, for doing that. Game 50 at work. Who left their phone on there, Dave? That was pretty funny. I'm not sure who who left their phone on. Colby said it was the sound person who uh, may have left his radio on. So uh, good job by Colby, and uh, we appreciate that. That was was huge for us, and we appreciate that just adding some more benefit to this channel and this post-game show. So hopefully folks uh, like that, and we'll we'll try and bring that to you, obviously, for every home game, not necessarily the away games. but So, Dave, I think that uh, Coach Bones didn't really like the second period. I was getting that from... From bonus, I don't think he really liked that second period. He mentioned that several times, but I mean, obviously, you could see that there was the sigh of relief from from Bones, and I'm sure you know the boys in the dressing room are pretty fired up because, like we talked about on this morning show, you know, when when you lose one, you don't like it, but when you've lost five, you know, you want to get back in that win win column and and start feeling good, right? So it's you know, it's a it's a good Saturday night in Jetsland, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. And, and look, you could, you're right, Ezzy, and that, that's the overarching theme. And that's the one I would take away from that too, is that that was definitely not a great second period. The Penguins, you expected them to push back a little bit. Uh, and clearly the penalties, right? I mean, the penalties weren't, I thought they were a little one-sided because there were a couple of instances where, you know, Mason Appleton gets clipped, um, you know, and he actually sets up, you know, Niederreiter for a pretty good chance in the second no penalty called Mark Shifley. There was a trip where I think they just thought that the skates co- like, you know, connected. It'd be great if you could ask the um, referees about that as, but you don't get a chance. So there's no opportunity to find out what they were thinking. But the insult to injury is that right after Appleton gets clipped, Logan Stanley gets called for his second penalty of the game. And, and the penalties are, you know, Rick Bonus talked about it, right? Not today, but, but previously, just the idea that it takes everybody out of the rhythm. So that's a problem for the Jets. And that's something they're going to have to work on because they're one of the teams that were least penalized in 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 the NHL, and now they're taking a few more penalties. And it's the time of the year where you don't want to be doing that. Let's get into the Betway game recap brought to our fr- you by our friends at Betway. 
the Betway Game Recap. Betway. Brought to you, or the, the Betway Game Recap, brought to you, no surprise, by our friends at Betway. Make sure you bet responsibly each and every time. And uh, Drew's the betting man, so he would have given you the, the odds of, for tomorrow, the Super Bowl. I know the Jets are off tomorrow, Ezzy. The Moose will be traveling, or they're off. I can't remember. So it's a full focus day for folks. What in color lipstick is Taylor Swift going to be wearing, Dave? Red? <laughs> black from Tokyo. I mean, maybe she'll be wearing black. I'm not sure. But that's a good point, Ez. The prop bets will be available. Go Niners. Exactly. Well, that's right. Hus. Yeah, you went for the Niners, anyways. But you know, before we even get started on the on the um, on the game recap, as one of the things that I realized going into this game was Kyle Connor was playing his 500th NHL game, and it's it seems like just yesterday that we were in Florida. That was the 2015 draft, correct? That was Flor- mm-hmm. Sunrise, Florida. Uh, just you and I went for that one. And uh, it seems like it was just yesterday where he was getting drafted. That was, I would, I would argue that was probably the best draft the Jets have ever had in uh, their history. Uh, Cause every single guy they drafted was for the most part was a, was a good player made it to the NHL, but not every player, but a lot of the guys there, I think five of the seven, but or eight, but yeah, it's just amazing to me that Kyle Connors already played 500 games. I, mean, I agree. Not, at 240, I, 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 that's, that one snuck up on us, Dave, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah. When you think about 500, we were talking to Seth Rorabaugh, who covers the Penguins on this morning show, about Marc-Andre Fleury, who obviously doesn't play for the Penguins anymore. He plays for the, the Wild, but everybody's yeah. going to remember him for his cups with, with Pittsburgh. And yeah. a 1,000 games is like a throwback for goalies now. Like, like there aren't that many goalies. That I mean, Connor Hellebuck will be one of them. He's yeah. he's going to have a chance no for sure at a thousand. But yeah, like five hundred games for Kyle Connor. Like he's still a young man. <laughs> like when you think about it, right? So I'm with you. Like that was nine years ago or eight and a half years ago that we were in Florida for that draft. And I agree. Like Connor and Roslevic, and I mean, we all know Boston had three opportunities to take Kyle Connor, and we know who they went with. At least Jake DeBrusque that turned out pretty well, right? So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, good on him. And, you know, I, look, I, I think Connor clearly was better tonight. I mean, I, I think, by the way, Gabe Velarde was better tonight. And, yep. and, we're, and we'll get into the, the, the Shifley goal here. But, I mean, that line, I mean, you, you got to stick with, you know, what's working. And yes. we know that the, when Ehlers is on that top line, it's better. I mean, just the, the advanced stats, the expected goals – are mm-hmm. better when Nick Ehlers is playing with Mark Shifley, whether it's Gabe Velarde or Kyle Connor on that line. I mean, Dave, I think that's something we're going to be talking about, you know, these last 32 games going into the playoffs. Like, who's a better fit on that top line? I mean, I, there's a lot of hockey to be played, right? right. Like, yes, the, we're past the midway point of the season, but, um, I, you know, I think the way Ehlers has played, he deserves to be on that line. And, he, look, he led all players in this game with six shots on net. Like Ehlers was fantastic out there using his speed. Um, and yeah, was there, you know, some hiccups for the Jets in the second period? Yes. As you mentioned, Pittsburgh pushed back, but, you know, Ehlers was fantastic tonight. Um, and obviously, you know, this goal here, you know, if you want to get into it, like he creates the turnover, right? right. Like Jake Gensel's trying to get the puck back to Ryan Graves. And that's the thing. Everybody's going to remember the nice pass over to Shifley, you know, the one-timer that beats Tristan Jari. But yep. that behind the back, the way he picks off the pass from Gensel to Ryan Graves, Dave, um, I mean, that was just impressive. And, you know, he was just flawless on his zone entries tonight. Um, you know, wasn't that effective on the power play, but who cares? The Jets only had the one power play. But, yeah, Ehlers to me was, was you know, 
I would even say he was by far the Jets' best forward tonight. Well, you know what? And it's interesting because the game started, as if you recall, with a three-on-one for the Jets where they didn't do anything with it. You know, Mark Shifley, Josh Morrissey jumped in. I think it was Nikolai Ehlers as well. And you thought, okay, well, the glass half full part of you says, well, the Jets created a three-on-one opportunity early in the game but they didn't do anything with it. And that was, that's not a great sign. They somehow got a shot because Morrissey kind of, you know, tipped it into Jari's pads. And I I was actually listening to um, one of the pens writers was uh, over our uh, talking with us prior to the puck drop. And he was talking about how Jari really gets up for these types of games. When Jari has a chance to face a Connor Hallibuck, that animates him, that, that amps him up and he gets, you know, and you can see it, right. He's played very well against the jets. And so, you knew he was going to be uh, a difference maker in the game, and I thought he was very good again for for Pittsburgh. But you know, on on this play, sorry, something's going on outside. I guess someone's uh, making some noise outside, as maybe some fireworks. Maybe some Jets fans are really excited setting off fireworks uh, tonight. But look, the, you wanted to see them be able to create, and you know, ten minutes into the first, there was an opportunity, right? Like Logan Stanley gives that puck up. Connor Hellebuck had to be fantastic to make that save. Because then I was talking about it with Mike McIntyre, who I was sitting beside today. And I said, like, Mike, what a, talk about changing the game with a Jets team that's kind of fragile. That goal goes in. Hunter, if Connor Hellebuck isn't sharp, like it changed. I, I mean, again, Captain Obvious here, but that changes the whole tenor of this hockey game. And instead, he makes a fantastic save. So he's into the game. You know, not that the Jets are going to want it that, to be that way, but he gets into the game quickly because he makes that fantastic save. So, you know, he's dialed in. He's ready to go. And then the Jets are able to turn it around. And you're, you're absolutely right in isolating the fact that the play starts because Nikolai Ehlers anticipates a really, he anticipates a pass by Getzel, makes a nice, and that's a, like behind, no look behind yep. his back, like manages to slap that puck down. And then to be able to transition from like exactly. stationary yep. to speed, which is again, the benefit of Shifley's not a slow guy. Ehlers is fast. And Connor's obviously very fast. So, I mean, you've got that benefit in that they can quick, when you have guys who have high hockey IQ, they can transition quickly. So they transition quickly. And again, we, we talk about it. Everybody talks about Ehlers' shot. His pass is very good. He's a very good passer. And so, especially because it's so fast, so quick, and Shifley one-times it. And again, I've got to credit Colby. And if you haven't seen, go to the Legal Curve Instagram because the, he captures the photos fantastically of these two goals two Jets goals in the first period, but just a no doubter one timer. And that's, that's the, we've seen Mark Shafley score as he, that goal probably a hundred times in his career. Yeah. And you know, the, the first, uh, sorry, in the, around the three or four minute mark, remember there was, I don't know if I forget if it was a two on one or a three on one, uh, when Shifley had the puck and he was thinking pass. And I think mm-hmm. the, the play was disrupted and the Jets didn't even get a shot on that. But like I was mentioning before, Ehlers, you could see with his head up, he was thinking pass the whole time over to Shifley, right? right. And puts it right on his stick. And you are I agree with you. We've kind of talked about both Ehlers and Connor. Their playmaking is underrated. You know, we, we tend to focus on the goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that was huge to get a goal, you know, midway through the first period when you know, the game was you know fairly even. Maybe you give the Jets a little bit of an edge. I think yeah. in the in the latter stages of the first period, you definitely get give the Jets edge, Jets the edge. Not just because Niederreiter gets the next goal, but they were controlling the pace of play and everything like that. Um, but that's what you need, right? Like you know, we talked about it. I mean, there w- there weren't that many goals in this game, and there weren't any you know quote unquote ugly goals, unless you want to consider you know Niederreiter's goal an ugly goal. But that was just a hard working goal, right? Yeah. Um, 
but you know that's what they need i mean shifley ehlers connor i mean these guys have been you know a little quiet offensively not a little bit quiet you know they've been quiet offensively um and that goes back to before the all-star break you know in the couple games against the leafs right so yeah you love to see that um it fired up the sell- sold out crowd tonight and you know I, I think you know it hopefully it's a sign of things to come because you know the the schedule is only going to get easier right like they have the three-day break coming up before wednesday but yeah. then you're going to have three games in, in four nights vancouver is going to obviously be a huge test that could mm-hmm. be a west final preview dave like we don't <laughs> want to get too too ahead of ourselves but you know this could be a throwback to like 1992 93 when the jets were going up against pavel Bure and Greg Adams and Kirk McLean, right? So the Jer- were- and and you're and uh, no, um, Yurke Lume, Yurke Lume, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was gonna say Jerky, Jerky Lume, Mersin. yeah, we used to call yeah. him Jerky Lume, Keith Yurke but- Lume. I love it, Dave, but <laughs> you know, so I mean, the schedule is gonna get harder, and we know the Jets have you know, what is it, 16 games in, in March? I mean, this yeah. is this is the playoff push here, right? Like, I mean, it's it's been a week since the all star game, right? Like, it's time to it's time to turn up the, the, you know, turn it up a notch here. And I thought that the jets did that, especially in the first period. And yeah, there was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, 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 a lag, if you will, in the second mm-hmm. period, but obviously they, you know, recovered in the third period, got some good scoring chances. Uh, you know, Sean Monaghan had that uh, shorthanded breakaway. He yep. couldn't capitalize on it, but yeah, it, it was, you know, that was your, your key to the game, Dave, on this morning show to get the first goal. And that's what they did. They did. And that first goal, as you know what that first goal was? It was our Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. We thank our friends at Seagram's for their sponsorship of Illegal Curve. In fact, I had one of the NHL officials, I won't name names, come up to me during in the press box. Uh, I think it was during the first intermission. And said, did you get that message I sent you? I said, no, what message? He said, I sent you a picture of a a, a, a case of Fireball when he was down in the U.S. He right on. Fire, saw, and he's like, you guys are always talking about Fireball. And that made me look at this. And I said, well, it was to show you that the advertising is working. If people remember that we're talking about that. so Delicious uh, cinnamon whiskey. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we thank our friends at Fireball, Fireball at Seagram's for their sponsorship here of the Illegal Curve post game show and that was our shot of the game because it was a fantastic shot mark shifley's 15th goal of the season assist to nikolai ehlers his 20th of the season as he and so the jets get up to the one nothing lead and then just over five minutes later nino need a rider if a guy needed a goal it was number 62 for the winnipeg jets and look it was a bit of a chaotic play the pens had a chance to get it out Logan Stanley gets the puck over to Nate Schmidt, who just doesn't look and blasts it on net. And lo and behold, what happens when you have someone standing in front of the goaltender? Well, it creates a little chaos. Nino Niederreiter, that's exactly what, I think it was you, Ezzy, who said it this morning, getting his big body in front of the net, taking away the eyes of Jari. And exactly what, in this instance, he actually doesn't take away the eyes because the puck goes off the backboard and right to him. But the point is that he's in the right place. He's able to be where he needs to be to be able to tap that puck home. And the Jets have a 2 nothing lead and the building is amped. Yeah. And look, you're, you just, you know, mentioned, I mean, what you can't ignore on this goal. It's a fortuitous bounce, 
right? Like yeah. sometimes you get those, sometimes the goaltender gets the bounce. Sometimes the shooter gets the bounce here. And Nino Niederreiter is in the perfect spot. And, you know, he makes no mistake about it. I also like the fact that, you know, I thought Mason Appleton was doing a good job in the offensive zone, recovering yep. the puck. Um, you know, he gets it back to Logan Stanley, who fires it over to Nate Schmidt, who's the one that puts the shot on net. And, you know, like for, for a, you know, a, an unheralded third pair, like we've talked about all year, how good Sandberg have, and Schmidt have been on the third pair. I thought Sandberg was excellent, by the way, on the second yeah. pair with, with Pionk. And why would you expect anything less? Like, I almost feel like, Dave, we should have a one-hour Dylan Sandberg appreciation show. Like, I just feel like he doesn't get enough love for how good of a defenseman he is. Maybe that's because he doesn't put up good offensive numbers, like big offensive yeah. numbers, I should say. But he's a good defenseman, and that's what he's paid to be. It's to yeah. be a good defenseman, right? So, yeah, I mean, nice to see because it had been, what, 15 or 16 games, I believe, since Nino had scored 16. a goal. Yeah, 16. 16, 16 games. So you like you always like to see that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we saw, who was it, Cam Atkinson, who got the monkey off his back three weeks ago for Philadelphia. He scored two goals against the Jets in that 2 nothing shutout victory, right? Oh, but, right, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, that's but, you know, point. that's what you like to see. It wasn't quite a, a Dennis Bayak bang-bang because there were, you know, five or so minutes between goals. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, Dave, we'll say the Jets went bang-bang in the first period. And, and you know, look, it's it's hard for a, a, a team um, like the Penguins who lost last night in, in St. Paul. Yep. And they're down 2 nothing. You know, you know, they started to – you definitely saw it, I thought, in the third period the Penguins started to tire out mm -hmm. and, you know, they, they just, you know, Hellebuck shut the door, right? Like Jansen Harkins had that breakaway. Hellebuck made the stop. I mean, he just wasn't, he wasn't going to be denied tonight. Hellebuck was excellent. You, know, you wouldn't say that, you know, he stole the game or anything like that, but he just, he made the saves when he needed to, right, Dave? Yeah. So yeah, I like that goal. It, it wasn't a pretty one, but again, it's because of when it happened. It gave the Jets a comfortable two nothing lead going into the second period um, and, you know, luckily they held on. I wouldn't say that, you know, they necessarily, you know, took the foot off the gas, um, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe a little bit in the second period, yeah. um, but they were still generating offense and they easily could have had a few more goals throughout the course of the game. So again, yeah, just a, you know, nice, nice kind of Johnny on the spot goal and nice to see, you know, you know, break that goal scoring slump. Well, and, and, you know, there, there, are, look, you got to give the other team credit as well, right? The Penguins did make some nice plays. Jansen Harkins, who I thought actually we, we were, thinking he was going to be leaving the game before he got his tribute video as he, because Adam Lowry leveled him, you know, at some, I, I don't remember exactly when it ha took place. I know it was in the first period, but uh, it looked like he caught him and his shoulder was a little sore. So Harkin stayed in the game credit to him because uh, Lowry really connected with him on that, uh, on that, you know, uh, body check. And then Jansen Harkins, similar to what um, Nikolai Ehlers had done. Jansen Harkins, I think, anticipated a Dylan DeMello pass and turned it up and got a breakaway at the end of that first period as that I think there was only about 20 seconds to go and Connor Hellebuck made a fantastic save. So again, credit Connor Hellebuck because I thought he was excellent in, in tonight's game. But I, like I said, a nice play. You know Jansen Harkins is amped up to play against the Jets. You know that he's ready. He's played. He's still looking for his first goal of the year, is he not? He is. He's got four assists yeah. in, in his game. But he played, I think, 154 games uh, in a Jets uniform, he played 200 exactly, actually, with the Moose. You know, he was drafted. Speaking of that 2015 draft class, as he was second in the second yeah. round. So, I mean, you know that he has any, any, he's, he's playing in the NHL, Dave, right? Like at the end of the day, that's what he wants to be doing. Yep. Uh, he wants to be playing NHL games. He wasn't getting that opportunity here in Winnipeg. Yep. Because the Jets have better depth, right? You've got guys like 
you know, Morgan Barron, Nemesnikov, Ayafalo on the fourth line. And mm-hmm. so he's playing on, on a, you know, a weaker Penguins team. Let's be honest here. The no, Jets absolutely. are a more talented team than the Penguins, and he's getting an opportunity to play. So you like to see that. I mean, I don't think – I think most Jets fans are happy that Harkins is getting an opportunity that he wasn't getting here. Absolutely. I don't think anybody was sitting there going, you know, like uh, upset about it or, or disappointed that he was getting that sort of opportunity. I mean, I think people were upset that they, you know, he was no longer part of the organization, but, you know, an excellent AHL player um, still trying to get it together and, you know, be an everyday contributing NHL player. But according to Seth Rohrbaugh, positive, nothing really significant happens, nothing negative, nothing positive. It's kind of like an even Steven, but uh, you know, in that instance, he, you know, you could see that there was an extra little extra jump in his step. Uh, to play against his old team and his old organization in the city, like I said, that he spent so many years developing. So he created that nice chance. Period one ends two nothing, and and the building's excited. There's a buzz. There's a murmur. The fifty fifty is like one hundred and fifty k. It's probably <laughs> ended around three hundred. It was about two something. Who won it? I, good question. Hopefully get them on the post game show, dude. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Speaking of people on the post game show, uh, I post, posted this picture, but someone was there from Savannah, Georgia came for the first time. And then the the one thing about social media that I love, you know, we, we always talk about the negative um, things that social media bring. But one of the things I love about social media is like, so I tweeted that picture, posted it on our, on our Instagram. And it's funny because amazing how many people are connected. So people see that and they're like, oh, that's my sister. Or someone's like, that's my friend. I told them to come at this point. So it's amazing that all these people get connected. You know, look, we almost had uh, the guy who I was seeing was Adrian Pimento, from uh turned out to be that was hilarious scott duarte i think is his name he's a a producer at global but he was in hey Pennsylvania. that's me yeah and he, exactly he goes hey that's me but we almost had him on the show had the jets won we probably would have had him on the show and of course who could forget was it last year as when we had was it the red wings game where that guy like remember he went like this to his neck yeah and then i i, I was like oh let's get him on the post what was that show. guy's name i forget yeah i well, he was one cheers. of his friends messaged us because he was a regular yeah, cousin, IC viewer. Yeah, exactly. His that cousin. guy was tanked. Remember oh, they yeah. were at Bar Italia? Oh, yeah. He was. He Shout was, out to he Bar was, Italia. Yeah, he was definitely a little. He was in the bag a little bit there. But anywho, point is that uh, sometimes we have a little fun here. But hey, I was very excited. Rick Bonus, that was exciting. That's the hopefully will be a regular feature here on the post game show, which is why as soon as that buzzer, final buzzer ends, the place to be is with Ezzy, with me, and with Drew on the illegal curve post game show two nothing for the jets after one period of play as, and the second period is a period Rick bonus. As we just heard, wasn't too pleased with, and probably because of the penalties. Now, the one thing I will say that the, the, the bench boss of Winnipeg could probably be a little upset with was the fact that they didn't get any power plays because like I said, there's a instance where I think it was, it would have been a two on one or three on one for the jets. Shifley's skates get clipped. Or he gets tripped, no call. You're like, okay, they're just letting stuff go. Logan Stanley, he gets, uh, actually, to be honest with you, I, I thought they were actually going to call two penalties on Stanley on that play. Luckily for him, it's only the one. So the Jets, PK goes to work. Luckily for the Jets, as we talked about as he was Seth on the morning show, when, when I don't remember who, I think it was Drew opened the, the, you know, opened our interview with him and he started talking about the lackluster Penguins power play. If he didn't say the word Penguins, I thought the Jets' power play was struggling. Yes, yeah, oh, but I'm man. Just, but I'm just saying that that was tough to watch tonight. It when, really was. T- Philadelphia's power play is nothing to write home about either. Yeah, the Flyers' yeah. power play stinks as well. But 
like you think Crosby, Malkin, Carlson, Gensel, yeah. Rust, uh, yeah. Riley Smith. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know. I think there's something to be said, Dave, for confidence. I really do think yeah, for that, sure. like some of these teams, they just, it seems like they go out there and it's a momentum killer, which mm-hmm. is so weird because for so many teams, they thrive on the power play. You think about, you know, the Edmonton Oilers or the Tampa Bay Lightning or some of these teams, right? Um, but that Penguins power play, like it just looked just anemic. That's the best word I could use to describe the Penn's power play. Well, again, and like I said, when it was funny because when Seth was on and we we're like, Seth, if you're not, if we didn't know what you were talking about the Penguins. We think you're talking about the Jets. And we saw that. And it, again, it's similar because they have tremendous weapons and yet they're not having success, which again leads you to believe that it's it's the coaching, right? Because these guys all can put the puck in the net. So there's no reason for them, this inability, this, this again, the fact that they're the 31st uh, ranked power play unit. I think the Jets are 25th now. But uh, or power, yeah, power play unit. So it 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 was the Jets are are in you know in the box and that throws off the rhythm. So I would imagine Rick Bonus wasn't particularly pleased about it. But again, you know, then the, the Appleton penalty doesn't get called as he gets clipped heading into the zone. Like I said in the preamble, set up Logan um, Nino Niederreiter for a nice chance, and then Logan Stanley takes a second penalty of the uh, game. That one was uh, you know another. Uh, I I don't think that one was questionable, but. He gets the, uh, what was that? That was for roughing against Evgeny Malkin. And so he sits in the box, but it's two penalties within five minutes of each other. So, you know, as that the coach isn't particularly pleased with that sort of, um, you know, composition of a period and the Penguins really did build a lot of momentum. They outshot the Jets 16 to seven. And the most important thing was the goal by Rust uh, with, I think it was about six minutes to go in that middle frame as he, and look, it's just a nice cycle by the, the jets, the jets had it. I mean, by the penguin story, they had a chance to get the puck out. They don't penguins keep it in a couple of times. And then eventually rust is crossing the, the, the ice and he has a stick on the, um, on the ice and it's, it's a set play. And these guys, these guys have all played so much together and Connor Hellebuck makes an effort, but it's just a beautiful goal, right top corner. And, and he has no chance on it. And that really kind of the momentum was already in Pittsburgh's favor, but you could just kind of feel them taking back a lot of energy with that goal. Yeah. And I mean, like you mentioned, Dave, the the Penguins had all of the momentum at that point. Yeah. And if you remember, it was Jake Gensel who had a really good scoring chance uh, a few shifts before then. Hellebuck, I think I'm not sure if he made two saves. Uh, You might know better than I would because you were there, right? Where, Where Gensel and then there was a rebound. And I wasn't sure if Gensel had a shot on the rebound. Um, but it was a good flurry there where, where Hellebuck made some good saves. And I mean, the Penguins then had, you know, were rolling the lines kind of, you know, what the Jets like to do to two teams where they like to roll a line and have the, their, you know, waves of pressure. Um, and, you know, Rust, I mean, look, this guy's won Stanley Cups with the Penguins. And yeah, it's Ryan Graves over to Eric Carlson on the point. And was it Mason Appleton who was on, uh, who was covering Rust? I, I thought it was Appleton on Rust. It might have been a different player, but uh, it could have been Morgan Barron, actually. But whoever the Jets forward was, Dave, maybe I'll I'll, I'll uh, check out the replay here. Uh, whoever had Brian Rust in front of the net, because Rust was coming. Um, I was trying to help you out, Ezzy, but I was also trying to tweet at the exact same time. So I was trying. Yeah, to- so hold on. I've got the replay here, Dave. It was Brian Rust is coming through the middle of the ice. And it is. Hold on. Here it is. I thought it was Morgan Barron. 
he had good coverage on Rust, but Rust, like, sometimes you have to just say, you know, it's not like anything any Jets player was doing wrong on this particular play. Right. Rust has been doing this. Like, Rust is, how old is he? 30 years old, 31 years old. He's got a lot of games of NHL experience, um, and he scored a lot of goals, right? So it was just a nice deflection. Um, And and the Penguins, that was a hardworking goal. The Penguins deserved to be within a goal at that point in the game. They had all the pressure. And luckily, the Jets kind of escaped out of that middle frame, and -hmm. they still had the 2-1 lead. Um, But yeah, I mean, that was a nice goal. But you definitely got the feeling at that point in the game that, okay, the Pens are coming with waves of offense, you know, they're probably going to get one here. I mean, at that point, Hellebuck had, you know, 20 saves or whatever he had. Yeah. And obviously that that one wasn't his fault. Just a nice deflection by Rust. But again, what you have to like is, you know, for for uh, all intents and purposes, the Jets, you know, shut the door in the third period. Sure, the Pens had a few decent scoring chances. Um, how, many, how, how many high danger chances did they have in that third period? They only had two high danger chances for, sorry, three high danger chances for, in that third period at even strength. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I think you'll take that. I mean, it's not like the pens, you know, got a lot. I think that those high danger chances might've been a little bit uh, generous, Dave, but yeah, nice goal by Russ, but you know, the, uh, for the jets, you know, it's lucky that that was their only goal they scored. Yeah, no. And, and you're absolutely right. And it was funny because just before they scored that goal, you'll recall as Sidney Crosby and Adam Lowry, the two captains punching it out in front of, uh, I think it was in front of Connor Hellebuck after the pens had a chance, but you're right. Like you could just sense it. And Lowry's trying to get his team back into it. And he's trying, I mean, I wasn't, although it was funny because originally you're like, who threw the first shot? And it actually was Sidney Crosby who threw the first shot on Adam Lowry before uh, 17 returned the favor. But you could just sense that, look, the Jets, Jets didn't need to win this game. Like it wasn't, it was the, the, they did because the fan base needed a break from losing. Like the fan base needed. To, yeah, but they're. To, I know what you're saying. They're 11 points up on the St. Louis Blues. That's right. Who have third been... place in the Central? So the Jets. The Jets are going to finish first, second, or third in the Central. That's right. Nobody's catching the Jets for third. No, no. Well, is that a Ginsburg guarantee? Hold on, Ezzy. But be careful there. But, but, but the point is that while while they, they the fan base just needed a, a break from the losing, and 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 obviously so did the players. But if the Jets lose that game. It's it's not great, of course, because again the questions continue. But the Penguins are absolutely desperate, which is the reason why you saw them play that second period the way they did, because they lost last night in regulation to the Minnesota Wild, and they can't afford. Detroit won this afternoon, actually very unusual. I don't know if you saw Izzy. Detroit won on a penalty shot uh, in OT when uh, Lucas Raymond was cross-checked from behind by Quinn Hughes, and then he got a chance to uh, to take a penalty shot. They were, but it was weird because like literally he's on the breakaway. He gets cross-checked from behind and they called a penalty shot. So I'm surprised uh, Luke, I didn't see that. I'm going to go have to check out the replay, but I'm surprised. Wasn't Lucas Raymond, the one who was hit by Zadorov? I believe so, which was a two game suspension. Was it a match penalty though? I don't recall. I mean, I wasn't watching the game. I mean, like again, department of player safety is the most unpredictable because they're so inconsistent, but yeah. I've only watched it a few times, Dave, but I would probably say that that hit should have been at least three games. If mm-hmm. Brendan Dillon got three games for what he did on Nola Chari. But yeah. again, I mean, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to get in the head of George Peros and the NHL department of players safety, and they're just so inconsistent. So uh, sadly, I'm not that surprised that he only got two games, but you no, know, nice to see that Lucas Raymond, you know, didn't, uh, you know, get a concussion or he wasn't injured. 
because right. he's a great young player for the Red Wings. So, yeah. um, you know, the Red Wings have been a great surprise. I mean, honestly, I, I know there's a lot of hockey to be played. I don't think the Pens are going to be, um, you know, catching them. Based on what I've seen from the Penguins, yes, they beat the Jets on, on Tuesday night, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I just think, you know, what are they, seven points back now yeah. of a wild card spot? I just I think, think they're so, going to yeah. run out of time. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I think you're you're probably right, Ez. And and look, it's it's speaking of time, the second period ends, the, the Penguins are pushing. It's 2-1, though. Connor Hellebuck, I should say, made a really nice save. I think I don't remember who against Ez. I, I think I had it written down. The one thing I will I want to mention before we get into the third period analysis, and there's not too, too much because there weren't any goals, um, but Cole Perfetti had a perfect shot in the slot, except he didn't have a perfect shot because he didn't take the shot. He passed it off. And that's one of those things that he's got to, I, I know that I said, and it was and I'll get your thoughts on the Monaghan Perfetti and, um, and uh, Velarde line, although it was changed a little bit while they were protecting that two, one lead in the third. But so what were your overall thoughts? But to me, Perfetti's got to stop giving up. I understand that he sometimes tends to default to his line mates, but he's got a good shot and he's got to use a little bit more. Yeah. He's got to get greedy. He's got to get selfish. I thought that line was okay, but I, I i mean, I didn't think they were great. I didn't think mm-hmm. they were fantastic. Yeah. Uh, they had some scoring chances. I mean, we talked about, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, this wasn't the line because it was shorthanded. Monaghan had the breakaway. Yeah. Uh, and Tristan Jari made the good save, right? But, um, you know, I, I have to see more from this line, Dave. Like, we talked about it. I mean, when you have Connor and Ehlers on the same line, you're obviously going to lose speed on that second line. All due respect, Sean Monaghan's not the fastest player, right? Cole Perfetti's right. not the fastest player. That was the knock on him back in 2020 when he was drafted was was his skating, uh, yep. which I I mean, I, I, it looks okay to me. I mean, Perfetti's having a pretty good second year in the NHL. Um, you know, I still wonder if, you know, the wrist injury, how much that's affecting, you know, his ability to shoot, right? Yeah. Uh, I just don't know, right? Like, I'm not going to guess. I, I'm not, I'm a Jets outsider. I'm not a Jets insider. <laughs> so I have absolutely no idea you know, but this is just what Rick Bonus told us. What was that three weeks ago, Dave? Something like yep. that. Yeah. Um, that he was dealing with wrist injury. Nobody, I don't think anyone even asked him about uh it was was Bones As- that mentioned it in in the in his presser, right? So that's the only reason we know that. Usually we wouldn't know that. I mean, there was a lot of speculation last year, if you guys remember, yeah, uh, about Neil Pionk dealing with an injury, but we didn't really it was never confirmed. Uh, but you know, you wonder if you know. Is the wrist injury, is that maybe why Perfetti's shooting less? Again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's something to think about, right? Maybe that's why he's, you know, deferring to his teammates. But I want to see more out of uh, Monaghan, Perfetti, Velarde, Dave, because it's only been one game. Yeah, of course. And I imagine Rick Bonus is going to keep uh, Shifley, Connor, Ehlers together yeah. uh, in the short term, like Wednesday against San Jose, Saturday against Vancouver, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought they were good tonight. I mean, I, I, I look, that's a, that's a, a line that, you know, can create offense, but they're also very responsible defensively. So yeah. yes, is it, is it, I mean, if you're going to compare, you know, the, the Shifley line versus the Monaghan line in, in terms of speed, I mean, the Shifley line is going to win that it's like apples and oranges, right? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I still want to see more before I make any judgments, but I, I still like, I prefer, uh, Shifley, Ehlers and Velarde, you know, that. And the mm-hmm. stats back it up. I mean, that line was one of the best lines in hockey when they were playing together. Yeah, there's no question about that. And and Rick Bonus said that in his media availability this morning, as he uh, talking about understanding the analytics and saying how they know Velarde, Shifley, and Connor are uh, sorry, 
uh, Velarde, Shifley, and Ehlers story, their analytics are very good together. So again, he said, we're not afraid to go back to that, but we want to see what this looks like. And that's fine. And that's, and that's what you want. And, and I, you know, Joe from Winnipeg is making a good point. You want to see some more from the fourth line, the second line, hundred percent. Those guys need more games. Look, we're not going to make any judgments based on one game. We just wanted to see what it would look like. And look, there were some opportunities, right? Sean Monaghan, you can see again, as he's right, he's not fast, but he's cerebral and, yep. and re- really made a nice play along the wall on the PK sets up the shorthanded chance, almost went for the, the uh, breakaway slapper and does the fake and then rings it off the post. So a nice little opportunity. And shortly thereafter, as he, the jets get a power play, but again, whether it was the Penguins power play or the Jets power play, nothing really to write home about. Powerless play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's it's crazy. I still think at, at a certain point, it might be, maybe it's Wednesday night against San Jose. Maybe that's what the Jets need on Valentine's Day, Dave. Yeah. They need to go up against the Sharks and pop in, you know, two or three power play goals, and that'll spark a, a power play resurgence. It's going to come. I mean, it it has to. It just, there's there's too much talent on this team to go... What are they at? One for 32 at this point? 31. One for 31. One for 31, right? So I, it, it's going to come. Power play goals are going to come. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, it's more important how you play at five on five, but you just don't want your special teams to cost you games. The PK came through for the Jets when Logan Stanley took those two power plays, pardon me, those two penalties yeah. in the second period. But I just think, especially, Dave, you know, with the addition of Monaghan, whether he plays in the bumper spot or not, I think Monaghan's going to make either your first power play unit or your second power play unit better. So it, it's going to come. I mean, it didn't come tonight, but also the Jets only got one power play opportunity. So, I mean, yeah. like, what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we? You know, as, I'll tell you what we're doing here. We're doing the illegal curve post game show. We do this after every single Jets game home or away. You can always count on us. We'll always be here for you, including on Valentine's Day. Spend your Valentine's Day with... Uh, I agree, Stacy. The power play is very frustrating. The fact is, I mean, Dave Dave and I always joke, okay? Because, you know, as most people know watching, we just celebrated 15 years of this show. And Dave Manouk has done every single minute of those 15 <laughs> years. Richard Pollock was never part of this show. Obviously, I'm joking. Um, but we've been talking about the Jets struggling power play for what four straight years now <laughs> like yeah um, i i mean it's been since 2018 um you know when the jets had buff and lion a and and jacob truba and you know all those guys i mean it's been it's been half a decade before the since the jets have had a good power play so um yes it is very frustrating since well and as joe from winnipeg is giving jp vj who is on our show this morning right to start if you didn't get a chance to listen of course you can download that that show is the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. We come at you every Saturday at 9 a.m. to 11, roughly around 11 a.m. Make sure you're subscribing. Make sure your notifications are turned on. And also, please, make sure you smash that like button because that helps the algorithm. And as you know, I don't know what an algorithm is. His dad does, though, because he's a retired math professor. We're trying to figure it out. I mean, we've like we've been doing a lot of research, spending a lot of time <laughs> in the library. We still have absolutely no clue what an algorithm is, but we like to say it, right? It's a nice... We do a, like to say a fun it. sounding word. We also like to say, I'm not, I can't even really say happy early birthday, but I will because she's Bailey, the official intern of our show and Winnipeg sports talk. And I don't know if she's the official intern of Kenny and Rennie. She might not be able to stay up that late, but 15 days until 
Bailey is turning 15. So uh, happy early birthday to Bailey, the official intern of this program. Unofficial, official, either one. But uh, thank you, Bailey, and thank you for joining us on Saturday. We've got plenty more show to come, but this has been the Betway Game Recap, which is brought to you by Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports, betting both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is a sports betting app that puts you, Ezzy, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years older to play, 19 years or older to play, Ezzy. Please play responsibly. The Gatorade will be orange tomorrow. Wow. There you go. That's uh that's a bold prediction from Mr. It'll be Ginsburg. the color of my shirt. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll on that note, we are gonna head to commercial break as soon as I can find the uh post-game show commercials. We got so many videos in here, Ezzy. I don't even know what's what, but we're gonna head to commercial break to thank our sponsors. And when we come back. Well, we'll talk about the Moose. We'll talk about the Jets. We'll talk about whatever Ezzy and I want because these are we're we're, we're into overtime. This is escapades time. So uh, stick around. We'll be back right after these words from our sponsors. This Valentine's Day, heart-shaped pizzas are back at Boston Pizza. On February 14th, share your favorite delicious Boston pizza with the ones you love. Your locally owned Boston Pizza will donate $1 from every heart-shaped pizza sold to the Travis Price Children's Heart Center and the Children's Hospital Foundation of Manitoba. To order, call 925-4111. This Valentine's, share the love with a heart-shaped pizza from Boston Pizza guys ever wish for a game changer in life like finding out your favorite snack has zero calories or discovering the mute button on ezzy picture this a secret weapon for parking where you can book a spot a whole month in advance tell me more drew pre-book your parking at really low rates or maybe even for free if you use the code illegal curve (laughs) free what is this sorcery the grid park app it's a real secret weapon that has affordable game day parking and to sweeten the deal even more i love sweets our listeners can use the code illegal curve to park for free holy zamboni tell me about it just download grid park g-r-y-d park and use the code illegal curve all one word to park for free the game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Your co-workers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. 
What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. I am David Manuk. He is Ezra Ginsberg. We both got a bathroom break in there. Nice, Dave. We did. We did. That's the, there's always a benefit to having multiple bathrooms, Ezzy. We don't have to use the same yeah. one. We can. Well, you've got. It. What do you have? Seven bathrooms in this massive, <laughs> seven thousand square foot abode. Hopefully not that many, but I do have a few. There's, there's, I, you know, I, I obviously anticipate when you're going to be over. I want to make sure you're comfortable yeah. here at Shea Manuke. Yeah. So get a mint I, on my pillow. Absolutely, it's always you're always taking care of here, Mr. Ginsburg. Okay, well, I mean, let's get into it. Do you have, uh, do you have a tough duck hardest hitting comment winner picked out? If you do, give me the affirmative, and I will send it to that bumper. Okay, you, you do have the affirmative, which means I will go to our tough duck. Hardest hitting comment bumper. The top duck hardest hitting comment. Lots of great comments tonight, so we always appreciate that. We're gonna give it in. We're gonna give tonight's tough duck hardest hitting comment to in bones we trust. I like this, and obviously it's apropos that the comment uh, touches on bones. Winnipeg played another bone style two two one win. Mm-hmm. Almost took a goal away from the Penguins there. Ehlers was where he needs to be on the first line. It was a step in the right direction. More work to be done. What I like about this comment from In Bones We Trust is, you know, we talked about it earlier in the post-game show, right? This wasn't a, a beautiful win. It wasn't flawless. Um, you know, the Jets turned the puck over a little bit. They gave up, um, you know, the breakaway to Jansen Harkins. Mm-hmm. The Penguins were solid in the second period. But really, the Jets were the better team in the first and third period and you know they got the win and it was against a hungry pens team that even though they were playing in the second game of back to back i said this to you while we were watching the third period really impressive that going into this game the pens were 6 and 0 in the second game of back to back so that can't be you know taken away from the penguins even though you know it looks like at this point in the season at least that you know they're an outside shot to make the playoffs um you know the jets got it done and you know they sent the home crowd the sellout crowd Home yep. happy, Dave. So in Bones We Trust, send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com or slide into my DMs on X at ICSEG with your mailing info and Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you. And you're going to need it because it's, I hate to say it, but it's going get to get a little bit colder this week. I'm not a meteorologist, Dave. Yeah. Um, but the mild, like the mild February temps might be coming to an end. I mean, I think it's still going to be, you know, above normal. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be plus two like it was last week. Well, that's okay. We we do live in Winnipeg, so we have to accept that it is going to be winter. I mean, the groundhogs were out. I think they predicted in early spring, so uh, it should be good times relatively soon. As you can feel it, you know, seeing the melting of the snow makes you feel like it's spring is around. The 
the uh, ice roads are, are done for the season, basically, I think, or at least the ones around here. The uh, river thing was open for like two weeks and they closed it down, the river trail. So that's unfortunate for, uh, you know, Drew's fancy little dinners that he likes to do out on the rivers. Ezzy, that's not you and I. I called were. it, well, it's funny, Naomi went to Raw Almond, but yeah. I was calling it Thaw Almond. Because they actually, they actually had to. Thank you, Dave. Nobody else thought that was funny. You're the first person that laughed. I told that joke to like 50 people, and nobody found that funny. Well, those are 50 Um, people who are unfunny. (laughs) But I, they actually had to move it. So Naomi was telling me that they like moved it to another location, but they still had to walk on ice or something. I'm like, why didn't they just take it inside? But I guess that defeats the whole purpose. But do got to give a shout out. I mean, I have um, been to Raw Almond once. Uh, the The food is amazing. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we'd like the weather to cooperate a little bit more. Festival de Voyageurs coming up. I'm hoping to meet up with Spency and the boys and tip back a, f- a few bevies. Oh, so I- I'm hoping it's a little colder because, as you know, Dave, usually when Festival is going on, it's, uh, you know, mid to late February and it's usually pretty cold. And yeah. so, you know, I don't let's just say that the ice sculptors don't like, you know, when it's plus two. I think they would rather have it be like minus 15 or minus 20. Yeah, well, that's 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 a fair one. Yeah, good call. Uh, you're, 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 Spencey's calling it pretentious almond. I, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not against that. I mean, I'm a little too fancy for my for my North End roots, so I won't. Uh, I won't be stepping foot. I step foot on the ice, but it's only for ice fishing, not for uh, not for your fancy. Well, dinner I, I'd have to take out a reverse mortgage to be able to afford to go to raw almond. Like it's not. <laughs> it's not cheap. But I will say that uh, yeah, the food is excellent. Uh, from what I can remember, that was like five or six years ago now, maybe seven years ago. Yeah, uh, but the food is good. But yeah, it's it's not a cheap night. There you go. Not a cheap night. Well, the uh, the night was important in Winnipeg, and we're gonna send it, Ezzy. Are you ready for this? Two times now. Drew wasn't. Drew was annoyed. And again, like I said, I really should record since Ezzy and I know when we're gonna send the Manuk Moose Minute bumper out. We really should be recording Drew's reaction. I think I'll do that next time. We're gonna do it unbeknownst to Drew. So. Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. <laughs> you never know when it's going to come, Dave. You never That was know. very well played. That was very well played. I like that one. Good job, Ez. Wow. I believe that would be what Mindell would call hoisted by my own petard, uh, which was if you really paid attention to IllegalCurve.com. No, that was Mindell call, uh, column many years ago. The Moose in action in Grand Rapids, as And uh, what was notable notable about it? Well, Thomas Millich, the Jets prospect, and you were talking about Thomas Millich, as you were given a, I don't think you gave a Ginsburg guarantee on Millich, but you were telling people to watch out for uh, Thomas Millich, the 2023 fifth rounder by Winnipeg. I just think it's incredible what he's doing at 20 years old. Like, I remember talking to you about this at the beginning of the year, Dave. Yeah. And we kind of agreed. We're like, maybe he gets a game or two at some point in the season. But for the most part, he's going to be playing in Norfolk. And, I mean, dare I say he's the the Moose number one goalie right now? He definitely is. I would be hard-pressed to to say otherwise. I mean, he's played, I believe this was, he played uh, three of the games on the preceding part prior to the AHL all-star game. And now he's played two. So he's played five of the seven games on this road trip. Colin Delia has played two and Oscar Salmon has played zero. So, I mean, you can draw your own conclusion. The Moose next in action in Calgary on Tuesday. I don't know if it's a Tuesday, Wednesday or Tuesday, Thursday, but they'll be taking on the Wranglers. But Thomas Millich, I mean, he just keeps 
getting the net and he keeps winning the games. I mean, the uh, Grand Rapids Griffins open the scoring. Uh, Jeffrey Vl, nice little tip of a Christian Reichel shot. Christian Reichel is really heating up. I think he's got a seven or eight game point streak. But uh, Vl, with his eighth of the season, ties the game. The uh, Grand Rapids Griffins took the lead 2-1 uh, late in that first period before Ville Hainola. And that caused a little controversy. Now, the games, as he, the Jets game and the Moose game were basically mirroring each other. So when one would start, the other, you know, would start and that sort of thing. So when Logan Stanley was taking his penalties in the second period, I clipped the Ville Hainola goal. And of course, that got everybody bananas on Twitter because it was a beautiful goal. I mean, it was an absolute rocket of a slapper from Ville Hainola. Finds the back of the net, ties the game. That was his third goal of the season. Again, another assist for Christian Reichel wins the faceoff. About eight minutes later, the uh, Grand Rapids Griffins took a lead on the power play. So the Moose were going to have to try and fight back in the third period, and that's just what they did. Brad Lambert, he wires home his 14th goal of the season, ties fellow Jets prospect Nikita Chibrikov with 14 goals. Uh, those two lead the club. And then overtime solved nothing. So it goes back to a shootout as another shootout. And the only person who scored in the shootout, Christian Reichel. Christian Reichel, I believe it was the sixth round. One, two, three, four, five, six. Sixth round, it goes Christian Reichel. So yesterday went a 10-round shootout as today they go a six-round shootout. And the Moose pick up a important win. Two more points in the standings bank. They are, hold on, let me just check. Last I checked, they are still in last, but they are now one point back of fifth. And three points back of a playoff. Oh, sorry. That's actually, so they're one point back of a playoff spot and they're three points back of fourth. They need wins and they're getting them right. Like at this point, like you don't even look at the standings, right? Like they're just, they're still in it. That's what like, like if you look at the overall standings, obviously the moose are, I think, you know, third last in the league or something now, but they're getting wins and they needed these wins. And again, the fact that Thomas Millich played, you know, last night in a shootout, yeah. Um, you know, again, yeah, you're right, Dave. Christian Reichel's heating up. He's playing really well. Brad Lambert's playing well. He's he's played well the whole year. But mm-hmm. I mean, Milich is, is has really stood out to me because as as you know, you've documented as we've talked about, you know, goaltending has been an issue. Um, you know, so good good on Milich and and good good on you know the the Jets young prospects Lambert Chibrikov. You know, they're stepping up and you know you know keeping the wins coming and keeping the Moose in a playoff race. Exactly. And to confirm with running man's question, AJF did play. He's on the line with, uh, who's he on the line with? I think he was on the line yesterday. He was with Daniel Torgerson. Um, I don't know. can't remember. I should be able to remember, but you know, the guys, guys and girls, there's a lot going on right now. So let me just quickly pull up my thing here. He was on a line with Danny Jilkin and Daniel Torgerson. That was yesterday's game. And for today's game, I can't find it. So I, I don't think Torgerson, Tor, uh, oh, Bon Giovanni played, I think, today. So look, the fact is the Moose pick up a win. They're uh, off tomorrow. They're traveling, and I think they'll be in Calgary in Tuesday. So big, big two points, uh, but that's important. Like all these guys, all these young guys, Parker Ford, as he alluded to a bunch of the names, so I'm not going to go through them again, but they're all getting playoff experience, the the, the chase of the playoffs, which is good sure. because eventually if they can get into the playoffs it'll it'll hopefully serve them well but it's important for this team i think the winning is important right they they went through an 11 game losing streak 0 10 and 1 and for them to be able to put together this most recent streak as i said as they've picked up i think 11 of 
14 points on this trip. Yeah, 11 of 14. So they're they're they've put themselves back into a position where they can they can do battle with their uh their and and the why it was so important as he was because the nine games that they were of the nine games they played, I think, or eleven, they were all against their central division rivals. Now, of course, they're playing a Pacific team. But it was an important one. Well, as it's been a long day, we did the Illegal Curve Hockey Show from 9 o'clock this morning till just after 11, maybe just after 9 o'clock, as we didn't start exactly on time. It's melatonin time, right, Dave? Yeah, I was having a bit of a a tech issue, but we got it done, and we had a great chat with J.P. Vijay and Seth Rorabaugh of the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. Those interviews, of course, are available on our iTunes or our Spotify or our YouTube channel if you want to watch the replay. So you can download that. Please do. Please listen to those interviews. Make sure you smash a like button if you can. Please make sure if you can leave a review. Let us know what you think about the uh, the show. Let us know if you what you liked. I mean, the thing you disliked, let's be realistic, was probably Drew. So he's not on the show. So you don't have to worry about that. And we, of course, have to give a big, big shout out to our sponsors. Of course, appreciate Frosty. Always making sure he's got it up. I'm reading an old one from Drew. So I'm sure I'm probably going to say something like, Thank somebody who's like an old sponsor, but I'll try and get it right. A big thanks thank you to, to- Fuddruckers for sponsoring <laughs> the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Thanks to Bonanza for uh, the all-you-can-eat buffet and ice cream bar, which was my my tenth birthday. I think was at Fuddruckers. Um, and that you ever was... say it the other way? Uh, no. Is there another way? Yeah, Rudfuckers. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, Rudfuckers. <laughs> we, uh, my dad, my sister, and I always went to Fuddruckers. Uh, why don't we actually read the the sponsors of the show as opposed to <laughs> to other sponsors? But I also went to Fuddruckers. There's I think one in Fargo or Minneapolis like 15 years ago. Yeah, there's still uh, one for yeah. a while. Yeah, but yeah, there loved you. the uh, cheese sauce and loved the free cookie. There you go. Well, they're not a sponsor of ours, but we will thank those sponsors who do sponsor this show. Thank you, Ezzy. A big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post game show, the Saturday show, and our website illegalcurve.com a possibility. They are in no particular order. Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Grid Park, use code Illegal Curve to park for free. Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, and of course, Farmery Beer, home of the IC Beer. Support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. Well, as he as Do you I remember, Mercs, we got that comment up from Stu Smith. Mm. What was Mercs? No, does any that, hold on? Hold on for the North Enders in the crowd. The North Enders, does anybody remember Mother's Pizza on Kingsbury? Oh, yeah, and, yeah, I remember that. Phillips? I remember going there. Yeah, I wasn't even in the North End. We used to drive from the South End to the North End to go there. Yeah, that place was that. And and there was an oldie but a, a goodie if you ever went to Garden City Mall, Gritalia Pizza. I don't remember that one. That was that was oh, that was Naomi solid. because Naomi, as you know, grew up in Garden City. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to Naomi, who's currently sleeping and was mad at me. She's like, another post-game show? I guess I'll spend <laughs> another Saturday night by myself. Oh, Phyllis uh, is saying that there's one on Regent. I did not know there was one on Regent. I Again, I was a North Ender. We, didn't, we weren't really allowed to go to uh, the eastern part of the city. So uh, we kept to the North End. Just a true story here. Just, you know, one last thing before we wrap up here. You guys uh, can go ahead. Naomi and I back in 2016, because we were talking about you, you know this, Dave, you've heard this before, or you remember this. Yeah. Uh, Naomi and I, when we first started dating, we were talking about restaurants that we used to go to growing up that are no longer in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And of course, we talked about Bonanza. That was brought up on 
I'm pretty sure Bonanza is brought up like every two weeks in the chat, <laughs> uh, you know, for that ice cream, that soft serve ice cream yep. and the salad bar. Everybody remembers the salad bar. So anyways, long story short, if I'm able to do that, it's not really in my DNA, but we drove to Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Great town. Oh, I remember when you guys did this. Yeah, great yeah, yeah. WHL town. So we went to Moose Jaw and the, I don't think the, the Bonanza is there anymore because this is, like I said, this is back in 2016. So this is, you know, eight years ago. Uh, but yeah, the Bonanza, it, it looked exactly the same as it did like in the 1980s. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it had the, the, you know, the ice cream machine and the salad bar and everything like that. So yeah, I just wanted to get that in there. Bonanza and Moose Jaw back in the day, man. I remember Good when took, took Naomi, that's when you knew it was true love when she didn't dump him for taking him to taking her to Bonanza in Moose Jaw. Yeah. That's when you knew she, Naomi yeah. was a real one. I'm a classy guy, Dave. Yeah, you are. There's no question about that. I, Patrick threw it at Chiachera. That was phenomenal pizza in the Maples. Uh, there was there's so many good places. Bino's actually on Notre Dame. That was a good pizza place. So many good options. Anyway, Mr. Sub. Is there any more Mr. Subs left? I don't know. Chi-Chi's. Madison Dell. Yeah, we could we could we could play this game for hours. What about the whistle pig in Transcona? Oh yeah, the whistle pig. Great hot dogs. Not anymore. Right? Wasn't that they were known for hot dogs, right? Well, let's ask uh, the folks whistle who are from Transcona. Anyways. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> we've clearly hit the end of this show and we thank you for joining us. It's been another broadcast here from the Illegal Curve Corp. Uh thank you very much for joining us. I'm Dave Manuk. He's Ezzy Ginsburg. We're back on Wednesday for Jets Sharks post game. But of course, till then, tomorrow's a day off. We'll still have the morning papers available. If there's any Jets news, we will have it for you on the website tomorrow. The last game of Brendan Dillon's suspension, of course, is Wednesday. Doesn't look like the Jets are going to make a recall. But if we have anything on that, of course, we'll have all the availabilities on Monday after practice, Tuesday after practice on our YouTube channel and, of course, on the website. So for Dave, for Ezra Ginsburg, I'm Dave Manuk. Drew Mandel is off doing probably something she-she. And so we're done talking about Chi-Chi's. This has been the Illegal Curve post-game show. Have a good night, and we'll talk to you guys on, and girls on Wednesday. Peace. Out. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.